0: Chapter Fifteen of *The Fortunate Foundlings* by Eliza Haywood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Fifteen: Louisa is in danger of being ravished by the Count de Belfleur. is providentially rescued by Monsieur de Plessis with several other particulars. Louisa packed up her things as she had been commanded, though with what confusion of mind is not easy to be expressed and when she was ready to go wrote a letter to melanthe thanking her for all the favours she had received from her acknowledging them to be as unmerited as her late displeasure which she conjured her to believe she had never even in thought done anything justly to incur wished her prosperity and that she might never find a person less faithful to her interests than she had been having desired her woman to deliver this to her she took leave of the servants who all loved her extremely and saw her go with tears in their eyes the route she intended to take was to padua by water thence in a post-chaise to leghorn where she was informed it would be easy to find a ship bound for england to what port was indifferent to her being now once more to seek her fortune though in her native country and must trust wholly to that providence for her future support which had hitherto protected her accordingly she took her passage to padua in one of these boats which are continually going between venice and that city and it being near the close of day when she landed was obliged to go into an inn designing to lie there that night and early in the morning set out for leghorn she was no sooner in bed than having never been alone in one of those places before a thousand dreadful apprehensions came into her head all the stories she had been told when a child of robberies and murders committed on travellers in inns were now revived in her memory every little noise she heard made her fall into tremblings and the very whistling of the wind which at another time would have lulled her to sleep now kept her waking but these ideal terrors had not long possessed her before she had an occasion of real ones more shocking than her most timid fancy could have suggested the wicked count de bellefleur who had taken care to prevent the passion he had excited in melanthe against her from growing cool learned from that deceived lady in what manner she intended to dispose of her and no sooner heard which way she went than attended by one servant who was the confidant and tool of all his vices he took boat for padua and presently finding out by describing her at what inn she was lodged came directly thither and having called the man of the house Asked him if such a young woman were not lodged there, to which being answered in the affirmative, he told him that she was his wife, that being but lately married to her, in compliance with her request, he had brought her to see the diversions of the carnival, and that she was eloped, he doubted not, but for the sake of a gallant, since he loved her too well to have given her any cause to take so imprudent a step. The concern he seemed to be under gained immense credit to all he said which he easily perceiving i know said he that if i have recourse to a magistrate i shall have a grant and proper officers to force her to return to her duty but i would fain reclaim her by fair means it is death to me to expose her and if my persuasions will be effectual the world shall never know her fault the innkeeper then told him she was gone to bed but he would wait on him to her chamber and he might call her to bid her open the door No answered the count if she hears my voice she may perhaps be frightened enough to commit some desperate action you shall therefore speak to her and make some pretence for obliging her to rise on this they both went up and the man knocked softly at first but on her not answering immediately more loud she who heard him before but imagining something of what she had heard of others was now going to happen to herself was endeavouring to assume all the courage she could for supporting her in whatever exigence heaven should reduce her to. At last she asked who was there, and for what reason she was disturbed. The innkeeper then said he wanted something out of the room, and she must needs open the door. This she refused to do, but got out of bed and began to put on her clothes, resolving to die as decently as she could, verily believing they were come to rob and murder her. The man, who spoke all by the Count's direction, then told her that if she would not open the door he must be obliged to break it and presently beat so violently against it that the poor terrified louisa expected it to burst so thought it would be better to unbolt it of her own accord than by a vain resistance provoke worse usage than she might otherwise receive but what was her astonishment when she beheld the count de bellefleur on the first moment the words monsieur de plessis repeated to her that he would have her, one way or another, came into her mind and made her give a great shriek. But then, almost at the same time, the thought that he might possibly be sent by Melanthe to bring her back somewhat mitigated her fears. Unable was she to speak, however, and the consternation she appeared to be in at his presence, joined with his taking her by the hand and bidding her to be under no apprehensions, confirmed the truth of what he had told the innkeeper, who thinking he had no other business there and they would be soonest reconciled when alone left them together and went downstairs when the count saw he was gone i could not support the thoughts of seeing you no more my dear louisa said he i have heard melanthe's cruel usage of you and also that your condition is such that you have no friends in england to receive you if you should prosecute your journey i come therefore to make you an offer "'which in your present circumstances you will find it imprudent, I believe, to reject. "'I long have loved you, and if you will be mine, "'will keep you concealed at a house where I can confide till my return to the army, "'then will take the same care of you, and place you somewhere near my own quarters, "'and as I shall go to Paris as soon as the next campaign is over, "'will there provide for you in as handsome a manner as you can wish. "'For be assured, dear lovely girl,' that no woman upon earth will ever be capable of making me forsake you that she had patience to hear him talk so long in this manner was owing wholly to the fear and surprise she had been in and perhaps had not yet recovered enough from to make any reply to what he said if he had contented himself only with words but his actions rousing a different passion in her soul she broke from his arms into which he had snatched her at the conclusion of his speech and looking on him with eyes sparkling with disdain and rage. Perfidious man, cried she, is this, this the consequence of the vows you made Melanthi? And do you think, after this knowledge of your baseness, I can harbour any idea of you but what is shocking and detestable? I never loved Melanthe. by heaven, resumed he. She made me advance, and not to have returned them would have called even my common civility in question. But from the first moment I saw your beauties, I was determined to neglect nothing that might give me the enjoyment of them. Fortune has crowned my wishes, and you are in my power, and it would be madness in you to lose the merit of yielding. And I compel me to be obliged to my own strength, for a pleasure I would rather owe to your softness. Come, come, continued he, after having fastened the door, let us go to bed.' "'I will save your modesty by pulling your clothes off myself.' "'In speaking this, he catched hold of her again "'and attempted to untie a knot "'which fastened her robe de chambre at the breast. "'On this she gave such shrieks "'and stamped with her feet so forcibly on the ground "'that the innkeeper, fearing the incensed husband, "'as he supposed him to be, was going to kill her, "'ran hastily up the stairs and called to have the door opened, "'saying he would have no murder in his house.' the artful count immediately let him in and told him he need be under no apprehensions his wife was too dear to him to suffer anything from his resentment and all the noise you heard said he was only because i insisted on her going to bed by these words louisa discovered how he had imposed upon the man and cried out that she was not his wife but as she spoke very bad italian and the man understood no french the count being very fluent in that language had much the advantage the innkeeper was fully satisfied and they were again left alone having a second opportunity to prosecute his villainous attempt you see said he how much in vain it is for you to resist would it not be wiser in you therefore to meet my flames with equal warmth to feign a kindness even if you have none and thereby oblige me to use you with a future tenderness believe i love you now with an extravagance of fondness it is in your power to preserve that affection for ever give me then willingly that charming mouth he had all this time been kissing her with the utmost eagerness so that with all her struggling she had not been able either to disengage herself from his embrace or to utter one word and he was very near forcing from her yet greater liberties when all at once heaven gave her strength to spring suddenly from him and running to a table where he had laid his sword she drew it out of the scabbard with so much speed that he could not prevent her and making a push at him with one hand kept him from closing with or disarming her till with the other she had plucked back the bolt of the door in this posture she flew down the stairs and reached the hall before he overtook her quite breathless and ready to faint he was going to lay hold of her when he found himself seized behind by two persons whom on turning to examine the reason he found was monsieur de plessis and the innkeeper he started at the sight of that gentleman and was going to say somewhat to him in french when the innkeeper told him the young woman should be molested no further till he knew the truth of the affair for said he there is a person meaning monsieur de plessis who has just come in and says she has no husband and belongs to an english lady of quality now at venice i will therefore take care of her this night and if you have any real claim to her you may make it out before the magistrate to-morrow the count was so enraged to find it had been by monsieur de plessis he had been disappointed that he snatched his sword from louisa who had all this time held it in her hand and made so furious a thrust at him that had he not been more than ordinary nimble in avoiding it by stepping aside it must have infallibly gone through his body. He immediately drew and stood on his defence, but the innkeeper and several other people, whom Louisa's cries had by this time brought into the hall, prevented any mischief. The confusion of voices and uproar which this accident occasioned would suffer nothing to be heard distinctly, but the guilt of Count de Bellefleur might easily be read in his looks, and not being able to stand the test of any inquiry, he departed with his servant casting the most malicious reflections as he went out both on louisa and her deliverer du less affected because innocent gave every one the satisfaction they desired he said that the young lady being of english birth came along with a lady of her own country to visit several parts of europe merely for pleasure that that lady was still at venice and that on some little disgust between them she who was there meaning louisa had quitted her and was now returning home by way of leghorn of the truth of what he told them he added they might be informed by sending to venice the next day he also said that having a business to be negotiated in england he had followed this young lady in order to beg the favour of her to deliver letters to some friends he had there not having the opportunity of making this request before by reason of her departure having been so sudden that he knew nothing of it before she was gone The truth of all this Louisa confirmed, and on farther talk of the affair, acquainted them that the gentleman who had occasioned this disturbance, for she forbore mentioning his name, had often solicited her love on unlawful terms, and being rejected by her, had taken this dishonourable way of compassing his desires at a place where he knew she was alone and wholly a stranger the fright and confusion she had been in had rendered her so faint that it was with infinite difficulty she brought out these words but having something given to her to refresh her spirits and being conducted into another room out of the crowd she began by degrees to recover herself monsieur de plessis then informed her that on coming to melanthes and hearing she was gone he immediately took boat resolving to prevail on her to alter her resolution of going to england or to die at her feet that he easily found the inn she was at and that the man of the house presently told him such a person as he described was there but that he understood she had eloped from her husband who had pursued and was now above with her never said this faithful lover did any horror equal what i felt at this intelligence the base count de bellefleur came presently into my mind i thought it could be no other who had taken this abhorred method of accomplishing the menaces, you may remember I repeated to you. I was going to fly upstairs that instant, but was withheld, and found it best to argue the man into reason, who I found was fully prepossessed, you were his wife. As I was giving some part of your history, I saw the Count's man passing through the hall. He saw me, too, and would have avoided me, but I ran to him, seized him by the throat, and asked him what business had brought either him or his master to this place. The disorder he was in, and the hesitation with which he spoke, together with refusing to give any direct answer, very much staggered the innkeeper, who was just consenting to go up with me to your chamber, and examine into the truth of this affair, when we saw you come down, armed as your virtue prompted, and at the same time flying from the villain's pursuit. Louisa could not help confessing that she owed the preservation of her honour wholly to him, for, said she, The people were so fully persuaded, not only that I was his wife, but also that I had fled from him on some unwarrantable intent, that all I did or could have done would only have served to render me more guilty in their opinion. And it must have been by death alone I could have escaped that monster's more detested lust. Monsieur de Plessis now made use of every argument that love and wit could inspire, to prevail with her to accept of the offer contained in the letter he had wrote to her, and concluded with reminding her that if the charming confession her answer had made him was to be depended on, and that she had indeed a heart not wholly uninfluenced by his passion, she would not refuse agreeing to a proposal which not the most rigid virtue and honour could disapprove. Louisa on this replied with blushes that since— by the belief she should never see him more she had been unwarily drawn in to declare herself so far she neither could nor would attempt to deny what she had said but added she it is perhaps by being too much influenced by your merits that i find myself obliged to refuse what you require of me i cannot think cried she of rendering unhappy a person who so much deserves to be blessed and what but misery would attend a match so unequal as yours would be with me how would your kindred brook it how would the world confuse and ridicule the fondness of an affection so ill-placed what would they say when they should hear the nobly born the rich and the accomplished monsieur de plessis had taken for his wife a maid obscurely defended and with no other dowry than her virtue my very affection for you would in the general opinion, lose all its merit, and pass for sordid interest, I should be looked upon as the bane of your glory, as one whose artifices had ensnared you into a forgetfulness of what you owed to yourself and family, and be despised and hated by all who have a regard for you. This, monsieur, continued she, is what I cannot bear, neither for your sake nor my own, and entreat You will no farther urge a suit which all the manner of considerations forbid me to comply with the firmness and resolution with which she uttered these words threw him into the most violent despair and here might be seen the difference between a sincere and counterfeited passion the one is timid fearful of offending and modest even to its own loss the other presuming bold and regardless of the consequences presses in spite of opposition to its desired point louisa had too much penetration not to make this distinction she saw the truth of his affection in his grief and that awe which deterred him from expressing what he felt she sympathized in all his pains and for every sigh his oppressed heart sent forth her own wept tears of blood yet not receding from the resolution she had formed nothing could be more truly moving than the scene between them at length he ceased to mention marriage but conjured her to consider the snares which would be continually laid by wicked and designing men for one so young and beautiful that she could go nowhere without finding other bellefleurs, and she might judge by the danger she had just now so narrowly escaped of the probability of being involved again in the same he represented to her, in the most pathetic terms, that her innocence could have no sure protection but in the arms of a husband or the walls of a convent, and on his knees beseeched her, for the sake of that virtue which she so justly prized, since she would not accept of him for the one to permit him to place her in that other only asylum for a person in her circumstances. Difficult was it for her to resist an argument the reason of which she was so well convinced of and could offer nothing in contradiction to but that she had a certain aversion in her nature to receive any obligations from a man who had declared himself her lover and who might possibly hereafter presume upon the favours he had done her it was in vain he complained of her unjust suspicion in this point which to remove he protested to her that he would leave the choice of the monastery wholly to herself that in whatever part she thought would be most agreeable he would conduct her, and that after she was entered he would not even attempt to see her through the grate, without having first received her permission for his visit. Not all this was sufficient to assure her scrupulous delicacy. She remained constant in her determination, and all he could prevail on her was leave to attend her as far as Leghorn to secure her from any second attempt the injurious count might possibly make after this they entered into some discourse of melanthe and whether it would be proper for louisa to write her an account of this affair and the count's perfidiousness monsieur de Plessis said he thought that the late usage she had received from that lady deserved not she should take any interest in her affairs but it was not this that hindered louisa from doing it the remembrance of the kindness she had once been treated with by her more than balanced in her way of thinking all the insults that had succeeded it and when she reflected how much melanthe loved the count and that she had already granted him all the favours in her power it seemed to her rather an act of cruelty than friendship to acquaint her with this ingratitude and thereby anticipate a misfortune which perhaps By his artifices and continued dissimulation might be for a long time concealed therefore for this reason she exacted a promise from monsieur de plessis not to make any noise of this affair at his return to venice unless the count by some rash and precipitate behaviour should enforce him to it this injunction discovered so forgiving a sweetness of disposition in the person who made it that monsieur de plessis could not refrain testifying his admiration by the most passionate exclamations in which perhaps he had continued longer had not the eyes of the fair object discovered a certain languishment which reminded him he should be wanting in the respect he professed to detain her any longer from that repose which seemed necessary after the extraordinary hurry of spirits she had sustained therefore having taken his leave of her for that night Retired to a chamber he had ordered to be got ready for him, as did she to that where she had been so lately disturbed. But all those who are in the least capable of any idea of those emotions which agitated the minds of both these amiable persons will believe neither of them slept much that night. End of chapter 15